From Square Two, this is What's Wrong With Revenue. I'm Mike Lieberman, CEO at Square Two, and along with my longtime friend, Eric Kalis, and co-founder at Square Two and six-time entrepreneur, Eric and I will answer the question CEOs have every single day, what's wrong with revenue? You can be part of the Livecast show where we'll answer your questions every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, or catch the show on demand on YouTube and on all your favorite podcast networks. Also check out all our audio and video content on Square2 Plus at the square2marketing.com website. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to What's Wrong With Revenue. I'm Mike Lieberman, CEO and Chief Revenue Scientist here at Square Two. Thanks for joining us for show 54. We're we're middle-aged now, I think, something like that. Today we're gonna be talking about you're not leveraging audio and video content to drive leads. And I'm thrilled to let everybody know my longtime co-host, Eric Kalis, is back from the road. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thank you, I miss being here, Mike. Great. So uh, before we get started, let me remind everybody, if you want to check out the show, go over to YouTube. We have a Square Two Marketing has a channel. All of the What's Wrong With Revenue episodes are posted there. You can like it. You can um, subscribe to it. You can comment on it. We appreciate all feedback from all of our viewers. If you're interested in the show in its audio format and you're into podcasts, check out the show on all your favorite podcast platforms. Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, anywhere popular podcasts are found. If you would like to check out all of Square Two's audio and video content, head over to Square Two Plus at square2marketing.com backslash square2plus. Uh, we post content there weekly, and we have channels for CEOs, CROs, CMOs. We have a whole HubSpot channel. Go check it out. You can subscribe to it right there and get notified when we publish new content. Last but not least, if you love the show, we have a page for the show, What's Wrong With Revenue. If you go to the bottom of the Square Two Marketing website, there's a link called What's Wrong With Revenue. Click on it. You can submit questions like the ones we'll handle today. You can subscribe to the show. We'll email you the show on Thursdays after it's been properly post-produced. And you can get all of the episodes right there on that page. So. Like I said, at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about audio and video content today and how we use it to drive leads. So you may not have noticed, but the world changed right in front of your eyes. TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube, not to mention the explosion of audio content like podcasts. It might seem like this is more of a B2C issue for you. It might seem like this is how kids get their content these days, but it's not true. Audio and video content is here to stay, and it needs to be a major part of your marketing and sales strategy. People you're trying to attract to your business they are consuming massive amounts of video and audio content along their buyer journey. In fact, data shows they prefer audio and video content over printed or written content. It's time for you to start including more audio and video content in your marketing sales and customer service execution. So today, Eric and I are gonna help you get through that, figure that out, and we'll talk about exactly what you need to do to catch up to your competitors and start producing audio and video content that produces leads. Specifically, we have a couple points we want to cover. We want to talk about how you would use audio and video content in your revenue generation efforts, specifically what type of content that might look like. 
maybe we can share some creative ideas with you to consider when creating the type of content that differentiates your business. So how can you use audio and video content to stand out in a crowded market? We'll talk a little bit about why it's easier than ever to shoot, edit, and produce this type of content. And we'll also talk about marketing applications that might be more obvious, but sales and customer service need similar type of content. So not only is this for marketing, but sales and customer service teams are getting a lot of leverage out of audio and video content. And then we'll also make sure that you understand how thought leadership plays an important role in what type of content to create. And we'll also talk about how to deploy it, where to deploy it, and what to do with it after it's produced. So Eric, you've been gone for a couple of weeks. I know this is a hot topic for you. Kick us off. Where do you think companies should be thinking in terms of audio and video content? How do they get their voice heard? How do they figure out what to say? Uh, give me a couple of opening statements on this, and then we'll get into some of the details that I outlined at the top of the show. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two major uh, components to our conversation today, them and us. First of all, everybody wants to have an amazing buyer's journey for their prospects and clients. And if they stand in the shoes of them, the people that they're supposed to be addressing and helping, then they should consider how people want to experience their companies, how they want the buyer's journey to execute. And a big part of that is video. Video, audio, just like we're doing now. The reason being is that 73% of Americans uh, characterize themselves as visual learners, which means they like to watch TV more than they like to read. And if that's really the case, then you should uh, deliver your content in a way that your target market wants to receive it. Now, that's a blanket statement, and it certainly depends on your industry and the persona that you're going after. But for the most part, everybody loves to grab a quick two and three minute video as opposed to, oh, gosh, let me print this out and read it when I have some time or try to read it on my phone. And that's a bit of a challenge. So once again, make it about them. On the other side of that coin is the us, right? The company itself. And if the company itself really wants to represent itself in the most remarkable way, then they have to pre-think what their story is before they start do doing video and audio. You can't just jump right to the tactics. You have to have a little bit of strategy. If uh, we give you all the ingredients to bake a chocolate cake, but we do not give you the recipe, that cake's not going to come out too well. But even if you don't know how to cook, if you have the ingredients and you follow the recipe, the chances are you get a tasty cake. So what you put into that video, what you uh, record on that audio file or podcast is just as important as executing the tactic itself. Yeah, I, I agree. You made a couple of really interesting points there. First, if your company is trying to generate leads for its business, it has to have something interesting to say. And I haven't really met anybody yet in our business that didn't think they had something interesting to say. Maybe they didn't know exactly how to get it out there or exactly how to position it or exactly how to wordsmith it in a compelling way, but they generally felt like their business was special in some way and they had something that they wanted to get out into the general ecosystem that they were operating in. So you know, that's a good start. You can't be shy if you're going to try to generate uh, interest in your business. You have to take a position. You have to articulate that position. And while in the past, you may have written it on your website and you may have written it in emails to prospects and you may have written it in your brochure, today you have to get it out there in some type of audio and video format. I think the other thing that you said that was really interesting is a lot of people are interacting with content on their phones. And 
I don't know about you, but it's much harder to read things on your phone than it is to watch or listen thing, listen to things on your phone. So if you're on a website, it's going to be harder to read than it is if there's a button that says click here to watch this video and, and people are clicking on those videos. So I think we also have to remember like how, how are our prospects interacting with our information and I think that's probably one of the major reasons why video and audio is becoming such an important part of getting your story out there. Yeah, I mean, the device, the iPhone and the iPad uh, specifically, they just make it lovely to watch videos. There's no delay. You have some wicked fast Wi-Fi pretty much everywhere you go. You tell a story in two to three minutes and it makes people either go, wow, or move on to the next step of whatever you want to do in your buyer's journey. It's just too easy when they have those devices now. Back in the old days when uh, you were doing the uh, AOL dial-up over there, Mike, you know, it was hard to watch a three-minute video in a smooth and enjoyable Painful. fashion. But now it's ridiculously easy. I mean, I literally find myself watching videos at red lights and stuff uh, because it's just right there at my fingertips. Um, also, it's not as easy to view a website or read a, a text-based piece of content on your phone. No matter how big the phone is that you're buying these days, it's hard. My wife and I own a, um, a piece of real estate, and um, they sent over the lease to be uh, you know, reviewed. And my wife is like, well, why don't you just review it right now and sign it so we could be done with it? And I'm like, and I got to wait till I get back to my computer because it's just too small to deal with. And that delay or friction, as some might call it, is a great differentiator between text-based messaging or content and video or audio content. Let's make it easy on the folks that want to interact or buy with us. Yeah, I think there's also an interesting kind of shift going on. I remember very clearly, and you probably do too, Eric, because our kids are the same age. When texting became really popular with that generation, they were like, I'm going to text you. And we probably, I know I said to them, like, you can text me, but I'm not responding. You have to call me, right? We tried our hardest to stay stuck in our paradigm, which was we want to talk on the phone. Texting's not for us. And they just kept texting us. And what happened? We, we had to text them back in order to talk to them. And we got super comfortable with it. And now it's easy for people our age to text people. The same thing is happening with TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. The, the younger generation is enamored with it. They're on it constantly. And they're getting that, that, that experience is getting passed along to the older generation. They're sending you links. Dad, you got to take a look at this. And you're like, well, uh, all right. And you click on it. And next thing you know, you're in TikTok. One of our friends who's our age is in TikTok a lot more than he probably should be because he's just constantly getting links of things that his, his kids are sending him to, to watch. So we are all getting tuned to these videos and watching them on our devices. And as business owners and, and people trying to connect with our prospects, we got to lean into that a little bit more than maybe we thought we would, we would have to. Uh, and that means creating audio and video content. You don't necessarily have to use that platform if that's more of a B2C platform, but uh, just like app, just like Amazon taught us about retail and Netflix taught us about, you know, uh, TV and movies, these other platforms are teaching us about short form audio and video content. And we really need to pay attention to that. Yeah, you know, you had a good point about fighting it, right? Yeah, we fought the texting thing for like 90 days and then they broke us like a wild pony. Then right. we are like, TikTok, that's not for me. But meanwhile, now we're all watching TikTok videos. I think that rather than fight it, we should embrace it and be excited that it's changing the market in a way to reach people if it's appropriate for your target market. 
you know, the whole industry of short-term rentals, aka Airbnbs, was changed because they made a platform that was so easy to use and connected buyers and sellers in one easy way to go. Well, what could possibly be different about TikTok, for example? It's just connecting buyers and sellers in a different way, and it's making it easy. Now, you know, there's always the conversation about your persona and how does your specific persona like to digest content? Where do they look for information? Where do they go? And, you know, those lines are getting very blurry now because the B2C and B2B interactions, like, oh, they're not on Facebook, but they're on LinkedIn. Well, they probably are on Facebook too. And if they're not on Facebook, then they're on Facebook's little brother, you know, Instagram. And Instagram just presents a beautiful visual way to present your products and services. And I don't know why people would fight that. Um, my last comment is that we've had lots of comment, uh, uh, clients that are upset about things that like ratings and review sites, right? And rather than embrace it and say, what can we do to get a thousand five out of five reviews? They're like, these people are just complaining. It's actually the wrong attitude. We have to embrace it and go with it so that we could leverage those things to our advantage. It is. They're, they're not going away. That third-party validation is a big part of the buyer journey and you have to be there. If you're not, you're, you're kind of really like spinning into the wind, which who is that? Jim, uh, Jim um, who said don't spit in, uh, <laughs> don't pull Superman's cape, don't spit into the wind? Right. Who's that? Yeah. That's, uh, 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 Van Mor is that Van Morrison? Uh, no, is it? We'll have to come back to that. Well, oh, I thought you'd, you're the music guy. I thought you'd know that. Yeah, I could hear the, yeah, mirror. don't spit into the wind, right? Like, don't, don't try to fly in the face of this sure. trend. It's, it's going to come back and get you for sure. Yeah, not only that, newsflash, new platforms are being invented right now that you're going to initially fight against and then eventually embrace. Right. Why not just roll with it? Right, right. Which brings us to another topic. So what kind of creative ideas could we share with our audience uh, that kind of embrace this type of audio and video uh, content? Obviously, this is one example, the, the video show and the podcast with the you know one or two people with guests talking about relevant topics in your particular industry, but there are a whole bunch of others we could also probably uh, share with people to get them thinking. How would you how would you start us off in that area? I love the series. You know, Netflix taught us about series and right how we're like, oh no, I don't watch every week anymore. I wait for the whole thing to drop and then I watch all six episodes or all 10 episodes in one shot. Those episodes that uh, we're being trained to watch are all stitched together with a common story or theme. And I think that businesses can't look at it in that same way. And that's a downfall. Because if you were talking about, um, let's say I'm an accounting firm, right? And while on first glance, it might be incredibly pedestrian, if you had a series of six, seven minute videos around the steps that you have to take between now and tax day in order to maximize your tax savings. Well, that series is kind of interesting. Oh, I have seven minutes before my next meeting. Let me grab the first episode. Oh, I'm digesting after my big meal. Let me grab episodes two and three. Like there's an end involved. I don't have to commit to an endless series of podcasts. Uh, of course, what's wrong with revenue excluded? But, <laughs> you know, I know that I'm going to watch these eight things. Like we're an EOS shop at Square Two Marketing. That's the entrepreneurial operating system. And our coach gave us those 10 videos to watch on uh, EOS visioning. And I'm like, this is perfect. I know I have to watch all 10. I'll, I'll parse them out here and there. And I could do it on my time when I'm ready on my device. So I think the series is a good way. And you can educate your target market on a variety of things with a series of six, eight, or 10 videos. That's a great, yeah. easy way to do it. 
Yeah, I, and they don't have to be long. Like, yes, this these conversations that we have, this show is generally about an hour long, but it doesn't have to be that long. It could be a couple of minutes. So I think a lot of people tend to get intimidated when you talk about video specifically, like, oh, how do I get ready for it? How am I going to do it? What am I going to talk about for that amount of time? Um, yes, getting prepping to do an hour show does take a little bit of time. But, you know, if you're going to share a couple of tidbits in a couple of minutes, that might be perfectly fine for your particular business and your particular audience. And before you know it, you might have 10 of those, 10 short little three minute, you know, tips and techniques on how to do A, B, or C. And you have a really nice series, to Eric's point, you have a really nice library of videos. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but there's so many things you could potentially do with that. Another one that I'm a big fan of that I know you like is the office hours or ask me anything uh, idea. T tell everybody a little bit about that. Yeah, I think businesses don't leverage this enough, right? You fire up a Zoom meeting, you publish the link, join us and ask us anything that you want about our business or our industry or whatever. So um, a great example of that is um, if you were, let, let's go back to the accounting firm, right? And we're having six ask me anything sessions leading up to tax day, right? Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably not good because that's after you've hired the account because tax day is on the horizon, right? Um, but to use that example, if you had these uh, sessions, monthly, weekly, quarterly, whatever it is, anybody can log on and ask their questions. Now, typically, someone's going to ask a question that everybody else is wondering about as well. And the answer to that should be relatively easy because all of you, all of our listeners are experts in their industry. So they should be able to answer all these questions. And then if recorded, those ask me anything questions become fabulous pieces of content where they could live in perpetuity on your website and or on YouTube and give lots of like real life, genuine interaction between prospects and the company answering the questions that most people have. So yeah, I'm a big fan of office hours, ask me anything sessions, um, uh, you know, three ideas in 30 minutes, those kinds of things where uh, people are coming on and are actually live and, and, and real. I think, you know, just as a quick point, the authenticity or uh, genuine approach is very, very much needed these days. People sniff out, um, you know, a pre-programmed presentation or sales pitch a mile away these days. And younger buyers are immediately turned off if there's no authenticity to what's going on. Um, I mean, we're a good example right now. Yes, we prepare and you put together the topic and you send it to me and I think about it a little bit, but really we're just kind of having a natural conversation today, which I think a lot of our listeners like because we're just kind of like going down the road and talking about this specific issue. Once again, based on our uh, deep experience on these issues, we're not talking about, you know, the will the Phillies win their playoff series or, uh, you know, should uh, we make cupcakes or Danish? Those are not areas that we're experts in. But when it comes to sales and marketing, you know, we could freely talk about some of these things uh, back and forth that would give the listener a great experience and a lot of learnings that would go on just based on listening to the conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. We, you know, we do a lot of work with software companies too, and we're constantly encouraging them to rethink their demo experience as well through the use of video, which I, I, I'm just still shocked more companies don't take this approach. But, you know, I've sat through a lot of software demos and they're all pretty bad. Not, not because they're, you know, someone's doing a bad job, just because that it's not that great an experience. You know, like, okay, First, I'd click this screen, then I click this screen. Oops, wrong screen. Let me go back and click the other one. Like, 
right away I'm like, okay, what what's going on here? Like, where what am I supposed to do? Like, it's just not a good. It's not the best way to highlight the software's capabilities. Yet companies continue to can lean on this as like a big part of their process and their experience. All they would do is think about, okay, let's identify the top ten use cases for our software, and let's create a short. 30 second snippet of, of how the software solves each of those use cases. And let's put them on our website. Let's arm our salespeople with those. Let's, you know, uh, uh, highlight them in content that we're publishing, e emails or, or other things that we might be pushing out. YouTube, you would provide a much media. better social media, right? You would provide a much better experience for the people who are trying to get comfortable with your software. I, you know, if I could look at a website and, and there were 10, little vignettes based on my particular issue. And I would click on one and I would see, oh, click, click, click. Oh, 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 that's how you do it. Like I'd be thrilled. Like that's all I really need to see is that the software can do it and it can do it quickly and relatively easily. They also could go back and look at that later if I forgot how to do something. Customer service could use those when people forget how to do things and they're filling out tickets or, 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 or trying to chat with customer service. So there's multiple uses for those videos, that, that video content that can really provide a, a much better experience for, for software companies as well. And, and honestly, I, I feel like the ideas are, are kind of endless. I mean, there's so many things you could potentially do with both of these types of formats that are going to be, be positive. Like there's no negative to any of the things that we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, a simple, what, 45 minute brainstorming session and the topic would be, how could we use video to promote our company? I mean, think about the ideas that could come out of that. It would be a long list of action items that you could then have a video or audio uh, editorial calendar for literally a whole year in one 45 minute session. Yep. Yeah, let's shift gears a little bit because I, I, I think some people this, I don't think, I know this for a fact because clients have expressed this to me, are nervous when it comes to this type of content, right? It's not, I, I will I will say it's, I get, I don't know how to describe it. It's not as maybe controllable as writing something and, and having it reviewed by a few people and edited and then published. Like obviously everyone is good with what you're putting out there. But I think a lot of people get nervous when it comes to video, like, oh, am I going to be able to do it? Am I going to sound okay? Am I going to say the right thing? What if I say the wrong thing? How's it going to look? Uh, Want to be on video? I, you know, like I, I, I do think people are nervous about it in general. And I understand that, it, especially if they haven't done it before. It's something new that they're doing for the first time. But it's it's honestly... So it's never been easier to shoot, edit, and produce this type of content. And uh, one of the questions that was we were asked is about scripting, right? Like, do you script out the comments or, or should you be more natural? And I know that there's a, there are really two schools of thought around that. You can comment on that if you want, but um, I mean, you're, you're pretty natural. How do you get comfortable doing things like this so that you don't, you, you don't feel like it's going to be a bad showing? Well, I, I look, you know, if you put going on video in the same category as public speaking, you know, they constantly rank that as one of the biggest fears that people have. So I don't think that that's ever going to go away because either you feel comfortable on video or you don't. Right. So if you're the leader of your company and you're an extrovert and you feel comfortable on video, that is a huge, huge bonus because you're like, video, set it up. I'll record whatever you want, right? So that's easy. But for the people that are nervous about that, 
they have to understand that that once again the authenticity of i'm the owner and yes i'm a little more soft-spoken and maybe i'm not quite as eloquent as a professional speaker but i got something to say and my company's on a mission and we're going to try to help people in our specific area and here's how we feel about it so i think they'll People give you the benefit of the doubt if you have a couple of extra ums or you start to drool a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. Those kinds of things are, are, are just, they're, they're natural, right? That's the way it is. Now, if you're the introvert all the way at the end of the spectrum and you would never go on video, there's other ways to skin that cat. And I'll give you two great examples. The first one is that someone in your organization is probably pretty extroverted and interesting. And we had a client, uh, Five Star Home Foods, and they uh, basically throw a, a commercial freezer in your uh, garage and fill it up with restaurant quality food. So you always have healthy and uh, fresh food to make a dinner for your family. The owners are not extroverts, but they had a salesperson and he was pretty good. And he was also like kind of a part-time chef. And we recorded a library of recipes where they were using the ingredients that Five Star uh, provided. And we knocked it out with uh, Chef Dave. Well, Chef Dave was happy to do that. He was an extrovert. He liked to cook. He liked being on video and it came out great. And I mean, really great. So look for other people in your organization that can not only be your salesperson, operations person, finance person, but also spokesperson. So that's number one. Number two, you know, if you have a product or service that lends itself to demo videos, go out and get yourself a professional person, right? My wife is recently retired. And she has been dabbling with the idea of getting one of those Airstreams that we could pull around the country and go and explore in all of our recently acquired free time. So she's like, Eric, 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 you got to check out these videos of these Airstreams. They're amazing. I'm like, all right, let me check them out. They're about 15 minutes long. And each one is a tour by the uh, uh, most interesting and animated person who's taking you on, I don't know, maybe there were six models that they had a video for each one. And he was like, isn't this amazing? You could hook up your garden hose right here to this nozzle on the outside and create an outdoor shower. Like I, I, all you were thinking was, I, I got to get one of these right away. Now, it appeared to me that he was a hired gun not someone who worked in the factory or was in the office because he was really good, but in a theatrical kind of way, because he was so exuberant about the Airstream, it just was like a perfect match for what they were trying to basically sell or explain and this uh, person's skill set. So you can always go out and hire that. And we've had a couple of clients that were in all those scenarios. Remember uh, uh, Dr. Greengrass from our lawn fertilization company, sure. he was the yeah. owner and he had a, this persona where he was Dr. Greengrass and he gave all the things about grubs and munch worms. And he I was can't... not shy though. He, he was very right. happy to do He was the extrovert. We have the introvert with the internal spokesperson, and then we have the Airstream with the hired gun. So there's three different ways to skin that cat. That should not be an obstacle of creating videos for your company. No, and I think it's interesting that, I mean, look, Airstream is a B2C company, but I think it's now very reasonable for B2B companies to hire people who can take the story in an animated and, and engaging way out to the marketplace. Like, I, I think... A lot of B2B companies would probably be like, actor, like, what, what am I doing here? Like, we, we sell accounting services. We, we're not getting an actor. But I think, again, if you look at what's going on with B2C and if you look at what's going on around you, that would be a very, actually, in some cases, smart move to get someone to kind of represent your company in your videos that will be engaging and can tell your story and can get people excited about what it might mean to use your accounting services. Trust me, it's possible to get excited about accounting services if you do it the right way. I think that's a big takeaway. 
I think the other thing is, yeah, it, it can be intimidating for you to stand up in front of a camera and talk to the camera, right? Even, you know, Eric, even, like when you're speaking to a group publicly, there are people in the room that you're engaging with. It's a different experience than when you're talking to the camera. And I think it's much, honestly, it's much harder, I think, to talk to the camera than it is to talk to a group of people in a in a public speaking setting. So if, if that is your, your issue, you're just having trouble talking to the camera, you can do what we're doing. We're just having a conversation, right? And it, we happen to be recording it. We happen to have a, an idea what we're gonna do with it afterwards, but we're just two guys talking about a topic. Almost anybody could do that. And you do it very naturally when you're not at work. People talk about stuff all the time. So if standing up in front of the camera and talking to the camera is challenging, consider a different format because it might be a lot more comfortable to be talking. Maybe you're talking to your CFO. Maybe you're talking to this actor person. Maybe you're talking to the marketing person in the company. Like there are so many ways to, to make it more comfortable and put you in a situation that you're more comfortable being in. Hey, today we're going to talk about filling out your tax form, right? Here are a couple of things you might want to consider when you got the form in front of you. Like, again, if you're talking to the camera, that might be tough, but if people are with you and you're engaging, they're asking questions, it might be a lot easier to get that content out there. And I think a subset of that, Mike, is the interview format, right? Two leather right. chairs, you got your fern, and right. they're like, well, what do you, what do you feel right. about we call, Right, we call you're that the 60-minute setup, right? Yeah, exactly, because if you're talking to the interviewer, then it's just a conversation of two people, and it's like, it'll be, you know, you don't realize the cameras are on you. You could do a simple two-camera shoot for that. It would really be very, very nice in post-production also, but that's a nice way to do that. You can even maybe create your own show right? Or a uh, uh, framework of a show so that it has like a little bit of an intro and outro, you know, 60 minutes with the boss. And uh, here's episode one, episode two, episode three, that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, you know, that might be a little bit of a softening of the of the worry about talking into that lens. Yeah. I mean, and then you're just ans answering questions, which generally any expert should be able to answer questions. And, you know, back to our script or not script, like, okay, you can have the questions in advance. So you get to think about them a little bit. You're not cold in having to come up with the answers. But, um, you know, to answer the scripting question, you know, it's a tough one. Some people I think are going to be more comfortable with a scripted approach to a video. Other people are going to be less comfortable with a scripted approach. I think it also depends on your format. If you're you are going to stand up in front of a camera. I think having that script available to you might be helpful because that is kind of a challenging format. If you're doing this format, I don't think anything needs to be scripted. Like I said, I kind of share with Eric, like Eric said, I kind of share the idea what we're going to talk about in advance and a couple of things to think about, but it's not scripted. The, you know, the interview style isn't scripted, even though someone knows the questions in advance, you know, it's, it's still not scripted. So I think it's going to depend on your subject and and your and your the content that you're trying to uh, get on video, as well as the format of the video that you're you're going to put together. Yeah, I'm a big uh, bullet point fan, right? So if I'm doing a three minute video and I have to do four point bring out four points, I just have four big bold bullet points, and that at least gives me a framework and I don't start to stray and and forget. Um, and then maybe like next to the bullet point, I make a little handwritten note, like stop and pause or emphasize this or something like that. That just gives a simple uh, crutch that you can lean on when you're recording. 
It does. It also keeps you tight on time because you can pretty quickly find yourself way over where you want it. Like when you think about it, three minutes is not a lot of time, right? So if you're not really thoughtful in terms of like how you're going to, you know, cover these topics, you could find yourself six, eight minutes into it. And now you're, you know, you didn't really do what you were planning on doing. Yeah. I just um, want to make one point about the scripted. If, if it's not natural, right. If you're like, and the next issue I would like to discuss is because that's what the words say. You know, people are going to lo- you're going to lose the audience pretty quickly. But if you yeah. have a bullet point and you're like, oh, well, the next issue is video marketing. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. That's the downside of scripting. You don't want it to seem robotic or fake. Right. So when you have your bullets, well, how do you uh, and you're shooting in front of a camera? How do you how do you handle that? Where do you put the bullets? I usually scotch tape the bullets right below the lens uh-huh. um, because I my eyesight is not getting great. And I use like 80 point type on a, you know, eight and a half by 11 paper. and just put it right below the lens. The, the I, I think people uh, don't do a good job sometimes, especially if they're amateurs of uh, looking away at the notes and back right. to the notes. And then they're like reading it and you see their eyes moving. Um, that's not cool. But if you're looking right into the lens and right below it is those bullet points, you can't tell that you're actually reading something. Right. That's a really good point. You have to make sure that your notes are as close to the lens. Like if you're using your phone, which I, I would recommend it because it's the best tool you have in your pocket at this point. But if you, you got to make sure your notes are near the lens, even if you put it below, like on the tripod or something, it looks like you're looking down. Uh, you know, another option is there are a lot of, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, teleprompter. You know, yeah, yeah, thank you. There are a lot of teleprompter apps now yep. that you can also run on your phone and they run right next to the lens by design. So it actually looks like you're, looking right into the lens. And even if they're bullets, you can, you can get reminded of what you want to talk about, you know, in a sequential way, it will literally scroll while you're talking. Um, And you could potentially, you know, I've done this a couple of times, you do write it out and you're not necessarily reading it, but you're using it to remind you of what you wanted to talk about. So it becomes more like a, like a, a cue, a cue to a particular uh, uh, piece of information that you wanted to share related to that particular topic. So there's so many ways to 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 get these videos collected. Uh, and Eric's right too. No one's really looking for a Steven Spielberg style video anymore. They're really looking for very authentic, homegrown, iPhone you know shot pieces of content that that are more authentic as opposed to edited and produced. Now I did want to say that. You know, if you are ner- if your subject that is nervous or you're nervous and you're you're kind of looking for a way to deal with that, the 60 minute interview style that Eric talked about is really good because, you know, we could ask you the same question three times and you answer it three different times. And obviously the third time is probably going to be your best answer. And then in post-production, we just edit out the first two questions and it looks like you were asked a question, you answered it beautifully, and we're on to the next question. So again, that's a good way to get someone who's nervous about doing this to be less nervous. And it's a good way to kind of take the pressure off. Like not every word is going to be used. Like in our case, in this particular uh, format, everything Eric and I say is going to be part of the show. But if you're filming that 60-minute style video, you can obviously edit out those things that 
were mistakes or, or your, your subject matter didn't subject didn't like or stutters or stammers or things that like make them uncomfortable being on video, you can assure them that after you've turned your 15 minute interview into a three or four minute segment, it's going to be really good. And their best comments are going to be what you use. And after they see that a couple of times, I think they'd get very comfortable in that particular format. I agree. Okay. So let's, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. So we've talked a lot about the marketing applications, right? Websites and videos and social media and YouTube channels, but there's a use for video and sales and customer service too. So Eric, why don't you talk a little bit about how sales can use video more um, consistently to provide a better sales experience. And I will cover the customer service side of things. Yeah. So at the highest level, once an MQL or marketing qualified lead becomes an SQL or sales qualified lead, the games begin. How can I play this game as better than the competitor to make my specific prospective client sign on my dotted line, right? So that's the overall goal. Well, if you're thinking about that, so few companies will orchestrate, or I should say choreograph the experience that people have as they're working with your sales teams. In that experience, you can have a lot of different things. For example, at our firm, you get a copy of one of our books in UPS during the sales experience. That's a touch point that will hopefully differentiate us from another firm. But to today's topic, the use of video can be really uh, quite um, diverse in how you're bringing people along. In the beginning, it, when you start to interact with any salesperson, you obviously have some questions, right? So if you if the sales team took the 80% most asked questions and converted that into a video, that would be a great way to start. Hey, as we begin to get to know each other, I've attached a video that have our, our um, uh, most popular questions that people ask in the sales process. I thought you might enjoy reviewing this before our meeting so that we could focus on your thing and get some of these questions out of the way. Let me know if you have a question to add to our growing list. Great. I mean, I'm just winging this, but you know, that's, that would be a good opening video. Now you've done your conversation. You sent over the contract right after you send the contract, send a video that says, by the way, here's six other people like you that have signed this contract and the experience they've had after working with us for a year. So now that validates that. Or if you're in professional services or there's like a team that's assigned to your account, you know, before you sign the agreement, you should really get to know the team that's working on your account. Please click here for a video so you can get to know the eight-person team that we've assigned to your account. And now there's a little bit about each one. It could be a little bit personal. It could be a little bit fun. But what you're doing is you're leveraging video to kind of grease the sales wheels and move them along. If you can um, choreograph a sales process and put in three, four, five videos, it, one, shortens the sales process, two, reduces the time that they have to interact with your salespeople, which means they can handle more opportunities, and three, knocks the competition out of the box because they don't have any videos. So that's a really good like encouragement to, to choreograph what you want the sales process to be and then insert the videos in the appropriate places. Yeah, that's really good advice. On the customer service side, there's probably two of the most common use cases. One is obviously people who are, uh, getting in touch with the customer service team with questions and customer service reps are answering those questions. It would be even more valuable, especially if you have a visual product or service to point people to the website where there is a library of videos 
that they could go to first. And a lot of companies already have FAQ sections on their website. They have resources sections. I think they just need to be a little more obvious with the areas that customers need to go first if they have questions about products or services and present them those videos. Obviously, if I call in and I'm talking to someone, the customer service rep could say, hey, I'm going to shoot you this link. Uh, I have a video that will answer your answer your question in more detail. You know, I'm going to answer it for you too, but it would be good for you to watch this video. You'll know exactly what to do and exactly how to do it uh, in a matter of minutes. So that's kind of an obvious one. Hey, Mike, I'll drop an Easter egg. Email me, Eric, E-R-I-C, at square2marketing.com, and I'll send you three videos that are in our sales process. That's good. Hopefully people stuck around long enough to watch the egg, pick up the Easter egg. One would hope. Um, the other customer service idea, which I think is not used enough, is upsell and cross-sell. So when you're talking to a customer and they have a specific issue, it, you should have a library of other videos that you can send to them to say, hey, you know, this customer was just like you. They were only using this one service that we provide and they were interested in potentially getting another one. Here, take a look at their story, right? And that could be a little more like a kind of like a commercial or a success story that highlights this particular customer and their journey from one service to another service, from one product to three products, from a, one solution that you helped them with to another solution that they also had that you were able to help them with. There's still just too many customers at too many companies who say, I didn't know you did that. I thought you only did this one thing. I had no idea you did these other three things. That's, that really should never happen. You should be doing enough marketing to your current customers and enough organized outreach to those customers that there is no customer that doesn't know your complete suite of products or services. So there's a couple of good opportunities there for you. Agreed. Okay. So um, we talked a little bit about thought leadership. It was a bit of a quick note, uh, but Eric, how, how do you think someone would go about turning their passion for their business and what they think makes their business special into thought leadership content? That, that might be a trickier question for our audiences to navigate. Well, it's no different than the conversation we've been having for 10 years about blogging, right? The more you blog, the better the traction you'll get, whether it's search engine optimization or time on site or any of the other good things that come in with putting fresh and relevant content on your website. So if you think about it in terms of blogging, it's exactly the same thing. You're jotting down small doses of uh, thought leadership. Well, why wouldn't you turn those into videos at the same time, right? If we're going to do a 500-word blog post, just record it on a video. So that's the easy way out. Now, of course, once you have it on your blog and now you have a video, you could repurpose it on social, you could repurpose it on YouTube, you could put a page on your uh, website that has all your obvious uh, thought leadership content. But that's number one, is to just, if you're already blogging, which you should be anyway, make sure you convert that into video. The other way is to what we call read the tea leaves, right? 
constantly, constantly listen to what your clients are saying. And if you're in leadership of your company and you're not client facing, ask the sales team. They're where the rubber meets the road every day. What are people talking about now? Give me five things that have come up in the last few conversations you've had with prospects. And then you can leverage that into recording that, whether audio or visual or video, into those kinds of little snippets that you could push out and use all the platforms we talked about earlier that are there just waiting for your content to be distributed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's I was thinking a little bit higher level. Well, that I was I was giving the like first step that you could do that you could knock that out. Yeah, that the, that is low hanging fruit for sure and that that's relatively easy, but I was asking more about like like how do I come up with the the the, the thought leadership ideas oh, to the, turn in to to turn into the video content we've been talking about. Well, I think that, you know, if you're truly a progressive company, you're always thinking ahead. If you're not, well, there's no place for you here because you have no thought leadership. You're just executing and you're one of many competitors. But if you want to break out of the pack, you should be thinking about that. Now, if you're not thinking about it, is there an R&D function in your company? Is there someone who's looking ahead to the future and trying to you know, develop new products? Those kinds of people are out there in front. And what I mean in front, like things that are coming down the pike. And if they are, then let's start talking about those things because- you know, when Tesla inter, uh, introduced their home robot last week, right, people's like heads were exploding. And yes, they make batteries and they make cars, but this really positioned them as an artificial intelligence driven um, consumer products company, not just a car company or a battery company. And I thought that that was just brilliant because you know what? Mike, you could put your order in right now. You're not getting one of those robots for five years. But the fact right. that they're talking about it now made everybody else talk about it and obviously started some interesting conversations about, you know, where is this going? And who's the thought leader in the middle of this whole thing? Tesla. Yeah, five years is probably way early. I can't imagine right, right. getting a robot in five years. Yeah. But I do, that's a really good example. And I think um, for the people watching or listening to the show, We've said this before, but it's very relevant here. Like in that example, they they took a stand, right? Like 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 they they they, I guess maybe took a risk, right? They put it out there, right? They're working on this. Yeah, Eric, you're right. They're not ready to deliver it yet, but talking about it positions them in a way in which they want to be positioned and gets them attention. I think, you know, when when we're talking about video and audio content, you have to have a position that you're willing to take, like. We had an insurance client who felt very strongly that most of the big insurance companies were literally scamming their customers, okay? So it's a pretty big, bold statement, and one which you could leverage into thought leadership, assuming you can back it up, right, and, and make it not um, boastful and, and make it more, you know, helpful than, than, you know, inflammatory, right? But I think a lot of companies, if they think, hard about their positioning and what they're trying to do as a business, there are thought leadership elements in there that they could use to create some of this content. You know, like almost every company has something that they tell us they're amazing at. And with a little bit of polish, those things can be used to provide the thought leadership that I think you I think you ought to be looking for in this type of content. Yeah. You, you can do, you know, in our case, we could do, you know, the top 10 secret hacks for HubSpot, right? Like, and that would be helpful to somebody, but we can also have a whole series on 
strategy before tactics because so many companies are skipping the strategy and the agencies they work with are not encouraging them or helping them with the strategy. So, you know, by calling out the agencies and calling out the companies and kind of identifying that people are skipping this, you know, we're taking a stand, we're putting ourselves out there, we're positioning ourselves differently than everybody else. Um, and there's a place for that kind of content. And there's also a place for that HubSpot technical content. People are looking for that also. So in essence, there's a spectrum of opportunities to create audio and video content for your business that might serve different prospects or different buyers in, you know, in your particular situation. I remember back in the day when um, Steve Jobs and the crew at Apple introduced the, uh, what was it? What was the one like you had at Drexel, that, that boxy one? Ma Macintosh. No, no, no. It had, what was the model? It was like SE2 or? Uh, no, it was the Apple Macintosh. The, okay. like, I mean, it was early. And I remember. Yeah, it was the first, it was the first one. Right. I was reading an article about how, remember how it talked? Yeah. Right. And how. Steve Jobs obsessed about making sure when they unveiled it that it talked. And remember, it said, Hi, Lisa, or something like yep. that. Well, think about how long ago was that? 1987, I'm going to say. Yes. And now every day we're talking to our computers. That was right. so far ahead, uh, right. really, like so thought leadership. You know, you're, 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 you're talking what, 35 years ago. And he, he, it just started a whole conversation, which I'm sure inspired a whole bunch of people to either become Apple fanatics or start tinkering in their garage, which became the startups of the voice activated or the voice integrated yeah. computer systems we know today. I mean, think about what if your company would sit around and say, well, where's our industry going in five years and then start putting out content around that people would be listening because everybody wants to know where we're going. Everybody wants to place the smart bet on what the future holds. Yep. Yeah. We taught it to say cheesesteak hoagie. That was, that was like our big move back then. Right. You guys were um, in college. Yeah. Well, cheesesteak hoagies were important to us back then. That was like breakfast, lunch, and dinner most most days. From uh, Powell and Pizza? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Drexel. Shout out to Drexel. Um, okay. So I got one more topic here, then we'll wrap up. Um, let's talk a little bit about, and, and we've been kind of beating around the bush a little bit, but okay, we create all this content, right? Where and how do we deploy it? And how do we use it to generate leads? So obviously it goes out to your prospects, right? You, you had some good examples in terms of how salespeople are using it. I had a couple examples how customer service people are using it. Um, we're, we're talking about using it on social media. People don't wanna read social media. Now we're using video on social media. Maybe you have to take your three minute video and turn it uh, into six 30 second clips because some of the social posts like uh, Instagram can't be more than a minute. So like you have to edit it down and find that clip that is under 60 seconds and use that for social media. Um, in your email campaigns, again, people don't wanna read, let them watch. Uh, obviously YouTube, it's a platform built for this, all the podcast platforms. It's so easy to get your company set up on a podcast platform. I don't know if you know this or not, but when we publish our podcast to Podbean, it automatically publishes to all the other podcast platforms. So you don't have to go to each of those platforms and individually put up put up your um, uh, your podcast. You do have to set up an account and you have to kind of make the account look like it's supposed to and kind of get it all like branded properly. But Podbean automatically distributes the podcast to every single account. So like again, it's simple to get that content out there. 
YouTube makes it simple to publish video content to your channel, to your pages, to, to promote it. Um, you know, they're using these uh, assets today is not the pain it was four or five years ago. These companies are all working really hard to make it easy. And it's obvious because more and more people are doing this and more and more people are using these, th these kinds of assets to, to generate leads. Um, there are a ton of new tools too when it comes to producing the shows or the content. There are editing, uh, there's editing software that makes it easy to edit it. Like we have an intro and an outro and music, like it's easy to add those things to it. There's a whole podcast platform that makes it easy to set up your podcast and do the post-production around podcasts too. There are people on, uh, um, what is it? Uh, work. And, and these freelance sites would be happy to pick up your, any of your audio and video post-production work for a very modest fee and help you kind of like take some of the technical strain off of your shoulders, allow you to focus on being the thought leader and the content expert and let someone else handle the you know, nitty gritty of the publication and the post-production. But you literally can use this content everywhere and all it's gonna do is enhance the experience your prospects and customers have with your business. So I don't think that should be anything that holds you up anymore. Agreed, agreed. It's a whole uh, new world of production. Yeah, and it's probably gonna continue to get easier and easier and easier. So the sooner you start with this and the sooner you kind of get in the rhythms of producing content like this, and, and the more people get comfortable producing and, and being the, the subject matter experts in content like this, the better off your business is gonna be, the easier it's gonna be to generate visitors and leads and, and, and grow your business. So I think it's time to kind of step off the sidelines and get involved with this kind of content. Even if you're gonna try something for the first time, don't expect it to be great, you know, expect it to be okay. And as you do it a couple more times, it's obviously gonna get better. Like everything you do, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, don't give up, stick with it. Don't uh, be shy if it's not perfect. Look, you don't have to publish it. If you're looking at something and it's horrible, put it in the can and go to you know version two, try it again. And maybe by the third time around, you'll actually be comfortable with something that you're, you're, you're okay putting out publicly, but at least you would have started the process and you're now um, got the ball rolling. Sage advice. Thanks, Eric. Um, let's wrap up. So uh, everybody, thanks for joining. I'll remind you, if you want to check out the show, you can go over to our Square Two's YouTube channel. Uh, all of the uh, What's Wrong With Revenue uh, shows are on our channel. Like it, like it, subscribe to it, and leave us comments. We really appreciate it. Um, if you're into podcasts and audio formats, like we said, uh, the show is on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Go check it out. It'll be uh, up there tomorrow. You can subscribe there. You can download it and listen to it in your leisure. If you want to get additional audio and video content, head on over to Square Two's free streaming service, Square Two Plus, at squaretomarketing.com backslash square two plus. You can subscribe to Square Two Plus, and we'll let you know every time we have new uh, content on that platform. And if you love the show, you can also head on over to our show page, What's Wrong with Revenue. There's a link at the bottom of our website. Click on it. You can get the show on your calendar if you want to join us live every Wednesday at four o'clock. You can have the show emailed directly to your inbox on Thursday mornings, and you can also submit questions. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you being with us. Stay tuned next week where we're going to talk about why you might need a system to generate consistent revenue growth. You have a system for other things in your company, but no one has a revenue generation system. We're going to talk about that next week. Join us then. Thanks very much, and have a great day. Bye-bye.